You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball and the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto has amazing selection for just about any kind of vehicle at reliably low prices. They have all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Today's episode, we're going to take a look at uh, some players that maybe deserve a buyer beware tag uh, for the 2021 season before breaking down the Texas Rangers and St. Louis Cardinals. So let's start with the players on the the buyer beware list and. Uh, first up is Detroit Tiger shortstop Willie Castro. Now, he's a 23-year-old who hit 349 last season, and so maybe you should be really excited, and maybe there's a bright future for Willie Castro, but he had 448 batting average on balls in play, and there's just no way that that lasts unless Willie Castro is a unicorn, and uh, I'm not prepared to to bank on Willie Castro as a unicorn. Uh, and so if his average isn't going to be something special, uh, I don't know that we can expect uh, either power or speed numbers uh, that will justify uh, making Willie Castro an early pick. You know, maybe if you want to use a late round pick on him uh, and kind of cross your fingers, sure. Uh, but otherwise, uh, beware on Willie Castro. Uh, same with New York Mets right fielder, Michael Conforto. Uh, now, you are going to get power from Conforto. I think that's that's fine to expect 25, 30 home runs uh, from Conforto. But uh, he also hit 322 last season uh, with a 412 batting average on balls in play. Uh, I don't think you can reliably count on Conforto hitting over 300. Uh Atlanta catcher Travis Darnot, he hit 321, had a 411 batting average on balls in play. Now, the uh, the positive sign here for Darnot is he doesn't need to hit 321 to be a valuable catcher. Uh, I mean, if he hits 271 and, and gives you a little bit of pop like he did last season, that's still you know worthy of being a starting catcher in fantasy. Uh, so he, he has a little room to work with, uh, but uh, beware. You, you should not be expecting Travis Darnot to, uh, to challenge for the batting title. Uh, Philadelphia second year uh, third baseman Alec Baum. Now again, this is a promising young hitter who who might have a really bright future. He he also isn't likely to hit 338 again. Uh, he had a 410 batting average on balls in play as a rookie in, in a small sample, uh, and so uh, you shouldn't you should not be counting on Baum to have that kind of lofty batting average. I think it, almost anybody who hits 338 you're going to expect the batting average to come down. Uh, but uh, in Baum's case, I think that's a pretty fair expectation, even if he is. Uh, a promising young hitter. Uh, Los Angeles Angels shortstop, Jose Iglesias. Now, I mean, the fact that he hit 373 last season pretty much uh, should be a red flag to begin with uh, when you see what his career numbers were before that. He just, he doesn't have a track record of being a, a consistent offensive threat, but he hit 373, had a 407 batting average on balls in play. Uh, no real reason to expect Jose Iglesias to be a, a valuable fantasy hitter uh, in 2021. Uh, Baltimore first baseman Ryan Mountcastle. Now this is another young player who's you know promising hitter, which you know kind of lumps him in with Baum. Uh, but Mountcastle hit 333 and had a 398 batting average on balls in play. You probably you know you can get by if Mountcastle drops 50 points on his batting average. He's, he should still have some power, and you know if he hits 283 instead of 333, there there's still value there, and that's probably a more reasonable expectation than expecting him to hit 333 again. Uh, Atlanta uh, left fielder uh, Marcelo Zuna. Uh, hit 338 last season. Now he also had massive power, and so this is this isn't a case of oh, 
abandon all these players and they have no value to you whatsoever. It's more a case of, you know, you can probably expect Marcelo Zuna to hit you 35 home runs. Uh, you might be a little more wary about expecting him to hit 338 again. Uh, and that's you know, the case with, with several of these players. It's not as though we're abandoning their value altogether. It's just uh, beware that the batting average aspect uh, could be could be a concern. Uh, Tampa Bay shortstop, Willie Adamas. Now, he only hit 259 last season, but he did that with a 388 batting average on balls in play. So if his batting average, uh, you know, regresses off of that, uh, you know, it could become a problem. You know, if it, the batting average on balls in play plummets down to around 300, which is around league average, you know, Adamas is... Uh, batting average could could really uh sink and and then then he becomes you know instead of a a adequate middle infield option he almost becomes a liability so kind of beware on willie adamas uh, then we've got uh, cincinnati outfielder jesse winker now I, I say this on one hand that i i'd be happy to to take jesse winker on, on some of my teams and i have um because the hope is that he gets regular playing time and, and you can look at his uh, track record as a hitter and see that it's positive enough that, yes, you would like to see what he can do if he gets 500 or 600 plate appearances. Uh, at the same time, he had 12 home runs last year uh, and had a home run fly ball rate of 40%, uh, which is obscene. Uh, and so that that's the kind of thing that will not last uh, now. So if you look at uh, Winker's numbers last year and, and you prorate them out and and that maybe equates to about 33 uh, home runs. Well, so maybe it's fair not to expect 33 home runs uh, from Jesse Winker. Maybe he hits you in the, something in the 20s, uh, but his uh, his offensive production otherwise still uh, makes him worthwhile. Uh, Toronto, uh, Tiasca Hernandez uh, in a similar situation. He had 16 home runs last year, but 32.7% uh, home run fly ball rate. You know, Hernandez can be a solid home run hitter for Toronto, and and that's fine. Uh, I'd be I'd be wary of expecting it to to kind of match last year's pace, uh, which would have had had him up in the uh, you know forty three home run range over a full season. Uh, Angels first baseman Jared Walsh. Now, not only did he have a home run fly ball rate of twenty eight point one percent, which is pretty high, uh, but he also had a really small sample here. Uh, he had nine home runs in thirty two games, and. We, we don't have to go that far into the history books to, to find players who uh, came up and had a good month or six weeks uh, at the end of a major league season uh, and generated a bunch of hype uh, only to uh, come down to earth when, when uh, facing a full season. You know, I think of this as the, the New York Yankees uh, corollary of the guys like Kevin Moss and Shane Spencer and, you know, not, not that they can't be major league players, uh, but I, I would not expect Jared Walsh to hit... Uh, at a pace of nine home runs for 32 games uh, moving forward. Uh, even San Diego's uh, Will Myers, who is a pretty valuable uh, player uh, in, in 2020, he did hit 15 home runs in 55 games, which is a higher rate than he typically does. Uh, and his home run fly ball percentage was 27.8%. Uh, again, likely due for some regression there. And this doesn't mean, you know, completely abandon Will Myers because he also didn't run as much last season compared to previous years. So if maybe he doesn't hit quite as many home runs, but maybe he steals you a few more bases, there, there's still, you know, a path to Will Myers having value. Just, you know, be aware that he's probably not going to be good for 40 home runs. Uh, now to the pitching uh, that you might want to be aware of. Uh, and we'll start with Houston's uh, Christian Javier. And you know, he had a 3.48 ERA, 0.99 whip, was a huge addition uh, to the Astros' rotation uh, in the absence of Justin Verlander. Uh, but Javier had a few things working in his favor. He had a, a 194 batting average on balls in play. He also uh, had a strand rate of 86.2%, which is really high. And, and so 
yes, you can like the uh, uh, the performance that you see from Javier and, and think that, yes, he's going to be a, a viable part of that Astros rotation. That's totally fine. Uh, but also understand that the statistically he's bound to uh, have regression. And, and so, you know, that he's not going to have batting average on balls and play under 200. Uh, not even for a full, like he, he did that for a couple of months and that's great. Uh, but you can't, you can't hold that for a full season, uh, let alone as a sustainable uh, skill for a long period of time. Uh, similar vein, uh, go with Dodgers, uh, starter Trevor Bauer, you know, he had an amazing season and it's fair to say, yes, he's not going to have a 1.73 RA and a 0.79 whip again. Like that's, that's the kind of season that you can, you get, uh, in a, in a shortened season. You can't, you can't expect anybody to, to deliver those kinds of numbers over a full year. Uh, but he also had a 215 batting average on balls in play, had a strand rate of 90.9%. Those are, you know, really, really favorable, uh, numbers that, you know, you just, you couldn't expect anybody to maintain those over a full season. So I'd, I'd beware on Trevor Bauer. And this, again, this doesn't mean, oh, you abandon Trevor Bauer. You're not going to take him, but it does mean I'm not pushing Trevor Bauer up into the first round, uh, to, to compete with the likes of Jacob deGrom and, and, uh, Garrett Cole, uh, because, you know, he, he's, he has kind of shakier statistical footing than they do. Uh, also Cleveland starting pitcher, Zach Plesak. Uh, who had a real breakthrough uh, last season? He had 2.28 ERA, 0.80 WHIP, uh, and he, but he did it with a 2.24 batting average on balls in play and a strain rate of 91.7%. And, and you know you can like all the progress that Plesac made, and he, he was striking out uh, more batters, and, and his pitching uh, might look uh, better than it did uh, two seasons ago when he was a fifth starter, and maybe you didn't have such high hopes for him, and and so maybe you you have higher expectations, but bring them down from, from last season's uh, numbers because the, it seems extremely unlikely that Zach Plesak can duplicate those kinds of numbers uh, over a full season in 2021. Uh, another player uh, who's likely for some regression is uh, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, and this is not all that un- different from Bauer in the case of like Kershaw had a 2.16 ERA and a 0.84 whip. Well, yes, of course you would expect uh, somebody to, to regress off those numbers. Those numbers are incredible. Um, and Kershaw had a 232 batting average on balls in play. Now, one of the things is Kershaw tends to have a lower batting average on balls in play, even uh, even as he is now kind of post-peak uh, Kershaw, where he's still really good, but not uh, not a perennial Cy Young winner. Uh, that, you know, the, a 232 batting average on balls in play is still lower than where Kershaw ha- has hovered in, in previous years, where he's in the 260-270 range. Uh, as I say, that's still really good. It's lower than lower than most, uh, but you could expect Kershaw to, to give a little bit back there. Uh, also, former Dodger star Kenta Maeda, who had an incredible season for Minnesota last year, 2.70 ERA and a 0.75 WHIP, but he also had a 208 batting average on balls in play. And so, uh, again, Maeda is is somebody that you're not going to just abandon and, and give up. Uh, hope for them in 2021, but it also means maybe devaluing them a little bit on draft day uh, because you don't know how sustainable uh, those numbers are over a full season. Uh, as as goes with uh, Chicago White Sox star Dallas Keuchel, who had a 1.99 ERA, which is incredible. Um, and and you know, given that he's a low strikeout guy already, uh, that's you know some reason for concern. You know, so his home run fly ball 
uh, rate was 4.7%, which is incredibly low. Uh, and so you can kind of look at uh, the fact that Keuchel doesn't have a, a huge strikeout rate and the, the really low home, home run fly ball rate. Uh, you can expect that a 1.99 ERA is not going to, to last if, if you needed some other reason to think that his 1.99 ERA was, was not going to last. Uh, Atlanta's Max Freed, uh, who was already... Uh, reason to to expect that he's not going to go undefeated uh, in 2021 like he was 7-0 in 2020 uh, had a 2.25 ERA but his home run fly ball rate is 4.9% again really low uh, so expect Max Freed uh, to give a little bit back uh, Kansas City's Brad Keller had a 2.47 ERA uh, and his home run fly ball rate of 5.1% is part of the reason that uh, Keller could you know, put up those numbers. Uh, but he's another guy who has really low strikeout rates and, you know, in the fives uh, per nine innings. And and so I, w- I was expecting uh, regression from Keller in a big way anyway. Uh, but uh, when you see that that really low home, home run fly ball rate, uh, you could expect that uh, the, the statistics are going to catch up with him. Uh, a couple more. Uh, we got Oakland's uh, Chris Bassett, and he was sort of the surprise ace of their staff uh, last season, had a 2.29 ERA. Uh, but his strand rate was 85.6%, which is very high. Home run fly ball uh, percentage was 8.6%, which is low, not not obscenely low, but it's low. Uh, and so I would expect uh, Chris Bassett to give some back this year uh, and even beware a little bit of uh, Milwaukee's Corbin Burns, who had this emergence as a, an ace caliber starter uh, last season. And it, and it kind of came out of nowhere. So fair to, to wonder uh, how sustainable that would be in the first place. He had a 2.11 ERA, but his home run fly ball percentage was 4.7%. And so there's uh, another area where, where Burns may, uh, even if he pitches similarly uh, to what he did in 2020, that uh, a few more of those fly balls leave the yard and it will be tough for him to keep an ERA as low as 2.11. So when we come back, uh, let's talk some Texas Rangers. Rock Auto is an online parts source where you can get just about anything for any type of vehicle. I'm pretty much incompetent when it comes to doing things for my car, so I leave it to my mechanic most of the time. But my father-in-law, he's a do-it-yourself wizard. He's rebuilt a bunch of cars, including a vintage Jaguar, at least one BMW. This is the site for him. It has great prices on an incredible variety of parts. And having access to such a vast parts repository does have its advantages. Need an ignition starter switch for a Lexus SUV? I did a while back. Let me tell you, the day that it uh, it died in the middle of the car wash, not my favorite. Uh, but with a click of a mouse, handful of options are ready on Rock Auto. Well, brake pads for a 2016 Kia Sorento, they've got those too. I mean, you'll find what you need because they have an amazing selection for just about any kind of vehicle at reliably low prices. They have all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So now, the Texas Rangers are you know, probably not looking at a great season in 2021, and as you might expect, they don't have the best uh, options for fantasy baseball. Uh, maybe uh, their best uh, hitting option is right fielder Joey Gallo, who's probably not, not more than a mid-round pick, because he's a 208 career hitter. Now, he does have 240 home run seasons, and that's the trade-off that you're you're going to make when you take Joey Gallo, is you're going for a guy who has you know, some of the best power numbers uh, in baseball. But you know, a 208 career hitter who hit 181 last season, uh, you probably don't have to go too soon uh, to grab Joey Gallo. Then there's first baseman Nate Lowe, who doesn't have a huge track record, uh, but does have 11 home runs and 245 career plate appearances, reasonable to think that he could hit you 25 home runs uh, with regular playing time. 
Uh, you probably don't need to go for him any any earlier in your draft than a late round pick, uh, but that's so, sort of where most of the the Texas Rangers uh, sit in terms of fantasy. Uh, second baseman Nick Solak uh, also has outfield eligibility. Uh, he had a low home, home run fly ball rate last season, and uh, but you could look at him and think that there's a potential for double digit home runs and double digit steals. Uh, if he plays a full season at second base and, and at second base, uh, that does lower the bar for what is sort of acceptable uh, for fantasy purposes. Uh, center fielder, Leody Tavares. Uh, you know, it's fair to question whether he, he's going to hit enough uh, to be a contributor for fantasy, uh, but his ability to steal bases uh, could make the difference, uh, at least make him worth a late round pick. He had eight stolen bases in 33 games last season. So you know, if you could look at uh, that and maybe hope that he gets you 30 plus steals, well, that that's a difference maker uh, in a category that uh, doesn't have a whole lot of difference makers. Uh, shortstop Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Um, he was more appealing when he had catcher eligibility because that that really lowers the bar for uh, uh, for fantasy uh, viability in terms of the offense you need to produce. Uh, and Kiner-Falefa is not a huge hitter, uh, uh, but if he if he steals bases, maybe there's a chance he can. Uh, be good enough to, to handle, say, a middle infield role. Uh, he stole eight bases in 58 games last season. If he if he could steal you 20 bases and and, and put up an acceptable batting average, you know maybe he he's worth a, a middle infield uh, spot. But again, a late round pick uh, at best. Uh, then we've got guys who are sort of on the fringes of, of fantasy value. There's uh, David Dahl, uh, left fielder who has had trouble staying healthy throughout his career, but. In 264 games for Colorado, he hit 286 with an 828 OPS. You know, so do you want to consider him as a late round sleeper? Maybe, but those are numbers also he put up while playing in Colorado. And if he doesn't have that benefit, uh, can you really trust uh, in the numbers from David Dahl? I'd, I'd probably steer clear uh, off on draft day. Uh, designated hitter Ronald Guzman who's been kind of in and out of the Rangers lineup for a few seasons. He's in 809 uh, plate appearances, has 30 home runs, and a 230 batting average. You, know, you you probably don't need to draft him, uh, but you can uh, you can grab him off the waiver wire. Catcher Jose Trevino uh, has a 255 batting average and 217 career plate appearances. That's uh, nothing to go uh, racing out to grab right away, uh, but you know keep him on your radar and see what happens. Uh, then there's uh, Rugnet Odor, who's moving from second to third base for the Rangers. Uh, he's a three-time 30 home run hitter. Uh, but he's also hit under 210 three times and, and includes 167 last season. Uh, so that, that batting average alone pretty much uh, eliminates him from, from having real fantasy value. Uh, but if Odor somehow managed to get back to hitting 250 uh, along with his 30 home run power, then, you know, then their appeal returns. Uh, outfielder Willie Calhoun showed some potential uh, up until 2019 and 2019 he had a pretty uh, decent st- uh, stretch uh, but then last season uh, he hit 190 with one home run and 100 plate 108 plate appearances he broke his jaw in in, uh, in spring training and it just basically went downhill from there so uh, you know the Willie Calhoun you know there's there's there is a hitter in there somewhere uh, it's just a matter of whether he's going to kind of have the opportunity and stay healthy and, and get the reps to uh, to do it. And I don't know that you you need to go after him on draft day. He might be a guy that you can wait and see how he starts. Uh, then there's DH Chris Davis, a three-time 40 home run hitter. So you can, you know, keep your fingers crossed and hope that he could get back to, the, to that level. But he also hit two home runs uh, while batting 200 uh, in 99 plate appearances last season. So maybe uh, Chris Davis is not, uh, he's not the old Chris Davis, basically. Uh then to the Rangers pitchers, and believe it or not, they don't have great options on the mound either. Uh, 
Dane Dunning, who they uh, acquired from uh, the White Sox in the Lance Lynn trade, had some decent numbers in seven starts for the White Sox. 3.97 ERA, a 1.12 whip, and 9.3 strikeouts per nine. That's that's interesting enough for fantasy purposes. Uh, we'll see whether Dunning can build on that, whether that's sort of a, a sustainable level for him. Uh, but that uh, you know that is the best of, of what the Rangers are offering. Uh, there's Kohei Arihara, uh, who was better in 2019 than he was in 2020 in Japan. Um, and his, he doesn't project to be a star in Major League Baseball, but... He's also a bit of an unknown, uh, and maybe that's a good thing for the Rangers. If there's some variance in uh, in what kind of performance they get from Kohei Arihara, uh, maybe he can he can be a little bit better than expected. Uh, then there's veteran starter Kyle Gibson. He's had a couple of seasons in his career we might, where he could be fantasy relevant. Most of the time, his ERA and WHIP are too high, strikeout rate is too low, uh, and then so he ends up kind of hanging on the waiver wire. Uh, and there's Jordan Lyles, who had a, a really nice stretch of 11 starts for Milwaukee in 2019 uh, that, that might make you, uh, you know, consider him. Uh, he also had a 7.02 ERA last season. And what, do you, what are you supposed to do with that? Uh, <laughs> you, you can't reasonably go into draft day and pick a guy who had a 7.02 ERA last season, even if it's a small sample. Uh, that's pretty tough to, to sign up for that guy. Uh, and there's Mike Fultenowitz, uh, whose velocity was down last season. He also pitched a grand total of three and a third innings uh, before the Braves cut him loose. And so you, you can, again, cross your fingers and hope that Fultenowitz can get back to uh, what he ha- had been a, a few years before. Uh, but it's there's definitely a lot of risk there. And so guys like Lyles and Fultenowitz and, and Gibson, you probably aren't going after them on draft day. If any of them get off to a, you know, a really great start, maybe then you start considering them. Uh, as for the bullpen, uh, Jose Leclerc is, would be the, the typical answer to be their closer, but he's dealing with some elbow discomfort, which always a great sign for a pitcher. Uh, and it looks like uh, Matt Bush or Ian Kennedy are going to be the ones in line for saves. Now, Bush has 11 career saves, also hasn't pitched since 2018. Uh, Kennedy was a longtime starter, but he did save 30 games for the Royals in 2019. So, you know, he's capable uh, of handling the job. And the, the one thing that uh, these Rangers closers can kind of take some comfort in is that uh, their season is not really going to be determined by uh, the effectiveness of their closers. The Rangers aren't going to be great and it's not really going to matter whether Matt Bush or Ian Kennedy cough up an extra game or two uh, because you know, they're going they're going to finish well back uh, in the American League West. So as you might expect for a team with those expectations, there are not great uh, options for fantasy on the Texas Rangers. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but college basketball tournament is still underway. The National Basketball Association and National Hockey League are in full swing. Major League Baseball is just around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time, updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is an incredible, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup for for a trip to the to the flavorful four. This is the the last uh, entry. It is caramel brownie 
uh, going up against Coconut Brownie Chunk. And I know Coconut Brownie Chunk, a heavy favorite as they uh, start marching through the brackets. Uh, but Caramel Brownie would definitely get my uh, my vote here. As I've established, I'm not on uh, Team Coconut, uh, even though they are uh, the <laughs> maybe the most popular brand uh, of Built Bars. So go to BuiltBar.com or to at bar underscore built on Twitter. And remember, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. The Locked On MLB Division Preview Series continues on Locked On MLB today. Every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at each team in every division. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. Follow Locked On MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. And send me your questions. I'm at by Scott Cullen on Twitter. The show is at LO underscore Fantasy MLB on Twitter. If you want to fire off an email, send it to LockedOnFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. So now uh, we've done the uh, buyer beware and the Texas Rangers. Let's have a look at the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, this is a team that has higher expectations than the Texas Rangers, and uh, they do have some players that will have uh, significant fantasy appeal. Maybe the top of the the list is third baseman Nolan Arenado. Uh, Now, I have Arenado sort of pegged as a third or fourth round pick. He was not as productive last season, uh, but the bigger concern is that he's leaving Colorado. Uh, His numbers, like most players, uh, were significantly better uh, at home. Uh, And maybe Arenado will still be a great player. Uh, but my value uh, for him going forward is probably closer to very good. And so I don't think of him as you know a first rounder, which is kind of where I would have had him before. Uh, but third or fourth round uh, is where I'll, where I'll be comfortable uh, taking a shot at Nolan Arenado. Uh, and if that means I don't get him, then I don't get him. Uh, but uh, I'd be at least a little wary of, of a player who's, who has such you know dominant numbers in Colorado and uh, less than that uh, on the road as he's as he's now leaving the Rockies uh, shortstop uh, Paul DeYoung now he's probably an eighth to tenth round uh, kind of pick because he can hit you 25 to 30 home runs and that, and that matters uh, but he's also a 251 career hitter and so you're, you're sort of making a trade-off there and DeYoung doesn't run a whole lot uh, and so that puts him sort of as a middle infield option uh, as opposed to your starting shortstop in, in most cases, I think. Uh, at first base, Paul Goldschmidt, probably a mid-round pick now. He's a five-time 30 home run hitter, did not hit for as much power last season. And, you know, again, small sample. You don't want to uh, completely uh, obliterate the the possibility of Paul Goldschmidt hit, hitting 30 home runs again. Uh, but if he doesn't, uh, that, that does limit his appeal. Uh, there was a time where he was a first-round pick because he would hit you uh, – 30 plus home runs. He also might steal 20 bases at first base, which is, you know, extremely rare. And so Goldschmidt, uh, isn't that guy anymore. Uh, but you can still feel pretty good with him as, uh, as a first baseman on, on your fantasy roster. Uh, center fielder Dylan Carlson is probably a late round pick. He's a top prospect who didn't do a, a whole lot last season, but if he plays the full season, there's a chance he could be a 2020 threat. And the question really is how soon does that happen? Is it, uh, is it, next season is it the season after that or could he do it this year and uh, that's why you you might invest a late round pick in carlson in case he is able to do it this season um but also if you if you invest a late round pick and he's still hitting like he did last year uh, you can move on from him relatively quickly uh catcher yadier molina who's a personal favorite I've, i've had him on many many fantasy teams over the years and part of it is because he plays a lot and if you have a catcher who who plays uh, a significant amount that that helps. And uh, in addition to that, Molina 
even at his sort of most mediocre offensive seasons, his batting average generally doesn't hurt you. Uh, and so that, you know, prevents him from being a real liability. Uh, if, if, you know, when Molina was at his very best, he had a little bit of power and, and the batting average would be good. Well, that, you know, that would be why he was kind of most appealing in terms of fantasy. And he's not that guy now, uh, but as a, as a low-end starter, quality backup uh, for fantasy, that's probably where he fits these these days. Uh, then there's second baseman Tommy Edmond, who has multi-position versatility uh, around the the infield there, and but second base is not a bad place to to line him up uh, he, as he takes over for Colton Wong, uh, and he in a full season he could get you double-digit home runs and steals. Uh, now that's not super appealing, but it's appealing enough that you know, as a late-round uh, pick with that with that versatility, uh, Edmond could help. Uh, then we've got some guys who are probably more questionable uh, in, on the St. Louis roster. There's left fielder Tyler O'Neill, who was more promising offensively before last season, uh, but last season he hit just 173. And now it's a small sample. You don't want to write off uh, Tyler O'Neill because he, he had shown some pretty decent power uh, before that. But you probably don't have to go drafting him on draft day uh, unless you want to you know, use your last round pick on him uh, because that 173 average is just going to scare people off. Uh, then there's veteran infielder Matt Carpenter. As recently as 2018, he hit 36 home runs. So, uh, you know, there's, we're not that far away from him being a productive player, but his last couple of seasons have not been uh, terribly valuable. And then you've got center fielder Harrison Bader, um, who, if he, if he was healthy, uh, could get you double-digit home runs and steals. He's dealing with a forearm issue right now. Uh, also a 234 career hitter. And so is, is 10 or 12 home runs or 10 or 12 steals uh, is that enough to, to take on a 234 uh, batting average? Maybe not, uh, especially if the average slides lower uh, than his career average. Uh, so now let's look at uh, Cardinals pitchers. And first up is Jack Flaherty, uh, who's a legit ace, but he also had a bit of a tough season in 2020. Uh, and some of the, the underlying numbers are better than his uh, overall results. So uh, I still think Flaherty can probably go in the third to fourth round. He, he's not necessarily who you want as, a, as you, the top number one guy on your uh, in your fantasy rotation, but uh, sort of a, a low-end number one in your fantasy rotation. That's still not, not a bad play. Uh, then there's veteran Adam Wainwright now. We're jumping into the late rounds uh, from, from Flaherty because it's hard to imagine Wainwright will perform as well as he did in 2020. It was like his best season in five years. Uh, and at his age, you, you might have questioned whether he could sustain that over a full season anyway. Uh, but Wainwright tends to be a guy, even in recent seasons, as his performance has, has dropped. He's no longer a, a Cy Young type of uh, contender, uh, but he is the kind of guy who you might hit the waiver wire for on a, on a week when he has a favorable matchup or something. Uh, and so he still ends up having some fantasy relevance uh, at times, even at this late stage of his career. Uh, there's Carlos Martinez, who maybe uh, you consider with a late pick because uh, he has some upside, obviously, but he's had health issues and his control uh, has been a real problem. And you're basically just sort of rolling the dice and hoping that he's healthy and can harness his stuff uh, that maybe you get some positive results. Uh, uh, he's a low-end option uh, uh, as a starting pitcher. Uh, then right now, the the Cardinals have, they've got uh, Kwang Hyun Kim, who's out with a back injury. Uh, and the thing is, he, he pitched really well in a small sample last year. He had a 1.62 ERA, 1.03 whip. He also only struck out 5.5 per nine innings, and, and that's in a 39-inning sample. So, I mean, hardly hardly a, a valuable sample, but uh, at least would have been interesting if, if he was healthy. But right now he's dealing with a back injury, and 
you're probably not going to uh, want to go for him on draft day. Maybe see what happens as he gets healthy. Uh, also, Miles Mikolas uh, is out with a shoulder injury. Uh, I've never been a huge Mikolas uh, fan for fantasy because of his low strikeout rates. So the fact that he's injured doesn't uh, doesn't affect my uh, evaluation a whole lot. I probably wasn't going to take him. Uh, then with those two out, uh, you can look at Daniel Ponce de Leon uh, has been a okay as a fill-in starter for the Cardinals over the past few seasons. He has a 4.17 ERA, 1.29 whip, and 10.6 strikeouts per nine as a starter. That's okay. Um, probably not not ideal for uh, season-long fantasy, but maybe if, if you need somebody to fill in, uh, in as a short-term fix, he, he might have some value. Uh, and then there's John Gant, uh, who in 28 career starts has a 3.99 ERA, 1.38 whip, 7.5 strikeouts per nine. None of that is terribly appealing for fantasy, but it's it's not that far off. Um, the thing is, Gant's been better out of the bullpen the past couple of seasons, and so uh, I don't I don't know how much I would want to uh, bank on him uh, as a starter in 2021. Uh, as for the bullpen, you know Jordan Hicks seems like the best option uh, in his career. He has 20 saves, a 3.47 ERA, 1.24 whip, 8.5 strikeouts per nine, but Hicks didn't pitch in 2020. He's still just 24 years old uh, and so should be on his way up uh, and seems like he's the best option, uh, but the Cardinals could look to Alex Reyes, Giovanni Gallegos, even veteran lefty Andrew Miller uh, will probably get some chances. And so maybe that limits Hicks' appeal a little in that the, the Cardinals, uh, if they decided to go by committee to some degree, that that could limit his number of chances. But if, if you have to pick somebody in, in that Cardinals bullpen to, uh, to get the save opportunities, Jordan Hicks is probably the guy. And that will do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow. More stats and the last of our team previews. Uh, also check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey. So find these podcasts, subscribe, drop in a five-star rating on iTunes. Go to Stitcher, Spotify, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis. 